Hey, hey, this is your host, Troy Smith. Thank you so much for taking the time to kick it with us today at the Nighty Lounge. We got a lot in store for you on today's show, but before we get started, do me a favor. Hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're hearing this on today. Now let's get to the show. Out of continuing to do that, and they try to box you into only having one purpose. God is so vast and infinite. We have many purposes, but if you limit yourself to just one purpose and just one box, then you really um, limit yourself to what God can do through you. So I knew that it was more that God wanted me to do outside of pastoring. And you know what I'm saying? Ooh yeah! <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome to the Night Lounge. I'm your host, Troy Smith. I'm here with uh, the awesome, dignified, uh, awesome lady, Toya Brown. Say hello, Toya. Hello. They got a little hand clap for you. You like that beat, don't you? Oh, yeah. That's good. That's good. You like that beat, don't you? Oh, that's good. That's good. Got the little beat going for it. Let it wind down a little bit. A little ease out just a tad bit. Ease it out. We got Toya Brown. She don't like me calling Reverend Doctor, but anybody that's a clergy, okay. I always say Reverend Doctor. You know, everybody, I don't know why I got to put the Reverend Doctor on everything. Everything is uh, you can't just say preacher or pastor no more. You got to put the whole thing on. <laughs> All Reverend the letters Doctor. behind it. Oh, you put some respect on it. <laughs> put some respect on my name. So that's right. Welcome to the Naughty Lounge. Thank you for having me. Are you excited? Are you nervous? I'm excited. I know you are. I know you're excited because you always smile and excited. Don't let that smile fool you. That's not uh, That's real. Okay. No, no, no. I'm telling people to let them know how yeah. real it is. You know what I mean? We're on our late lunch break with Toya Brown. No, oh, we got problem. spiritual food. Oh, spiritual food. Oh, from Genesis Life Center. Mm-hmm. Genesis Life Center. There's a unique spelling of the of the the light of the Genesis, of course. So, you know, I'm gonna ask you about breaking that down. What exactly? You know, from the Genesis Life Center. That we're gonna get to that. See, I know Toya from the inner circles of leadership, Sumner. You know, uh. I said inner circles make it sound so exclusive. But, uh, <laughs> we just run bumping into each other, you know, through different circles and things. And Toya's a very special young lady. Because she always smiling. Uh, I, thought, I thought I smile a lot. But she truly smiles all the time, you know. And I got a good spirit about her. She's like, you know, she's everybody's mama. I think everybody like for her to be their mama. Because uh, you be your mind. Because you probably can you cook at all? Can you cook anything? I can. I can. You can actually really do. You can cook something, not just boil water. You actually can do something. I actually can cook. Okay, well, and then she's smiling. Come on in, baby. Get something to eat. Something to drink. Oh, I can see her doing. Oh no. You know what I'm saying? But I know her from you know from leadership summer. That's how I met her, and uh, we got to know each other some more. And just knowing about each other's ideas and thought process about impacting the world and people around us. But then she had this class, this meditation class. You know, when you start thinking about people that do this meditation stuff, they're all about the woo all the time. You're thinking they might be Buddhists or something like that. They might be in the Buddhist. Is it Buddhism? Buddhism? 
Well, most people associate it with Buddhism. Right, right. So, and she's very, she's serious about it. So I took one, I took a class with her and man, I literally think I was floating over some mountains when I took the class with her. That's how calm and how relaxed I was. I actually taught her, man, I felt like I was really light. <laughs> you ready? <to> go? <laughs> but you don't hear that. So it's a lot of th- stuff about it. We're going to learn more about her. So Toya, where are you from, Toya? Okay. So originally I'm from Detroit, Michigan. Oh, the D? Yes, the Motor okay. City. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I came to Tennessee in uh, 2010, so um, I think right after the flood here in Nashville. Mm. And I've been here ever since, loving it. Um, part of my testimony uh, when I came to Tennessee actually was when I left um, being a pastor. So in Michigan, I was a pastor, my husband and I. And um, we took a leap of faith. A lot of people thought we were crazy when we said that we were going to go out to the world and reach people a different way. They were like, oh, no, no, no. You know, this that's not, you know, of God. That's not what, what we're saying for what you. Do you. What do you mean reaching them a different way, though? Yeah, so what I mean by reaching them a different way is meet, reaching people outside of the four walls of a building. Really evangelism, going out to the community where the people are, meeting their needs right where they are. Um, so many times as pastors, we compel people to come into the church um, where there's a lot of people who really need our help outside of the church and they'll never come into the church um, on their own accord. So we have to meet them where they are. And then also really getting in touch with the people. Cause sometimes, and I'm talking all the guys, people, not just the ones that come to service, but you know, the ones that are out there that really need help and really need someone to talk to, to hear them, you know, not talk mm-hmm. at them, but actually hear them and help them to transform their life. And that is what, um, I do today. So, yeah, so I'm always, I always, I call myself a world pastor because I'm always helping and shepherding people, but just not the traditional way. Tell me, but yeah, you definitely do it the traditional way because you're a female talking about pastoring folk. <laughs> so, so, no, so my thing, so are you, and then you, you coming from the north to the yes. south with the whole preaching and pastoring idea, which is definitely, you know, taboo. Right, right. So, are you the lead? Are you the head pastor, lead pastor? And your husband the lead pastor? How does it? Who who has the headship? Are y'all a unit? Well, actually, we were a team. Yeah, there really wasn't. We looked at God as being the head, and then we looked at us as being the vessels. So there really wasn't a um, he's higher and she's lower in our in, in our belief. So mm-hmm. we operated that way. And when we were in Michigan, and people came to our church. There was a we were on such one accord that you don't even look at it as having to have a person above you. You work in so much in sync that if they go to him for an answer or they go for me for an answer, it's gonna be that same answer. But you actually so had a building that issue. You had a building? Yes. Y'all full fledged had a ministry team, somebody singing yes. and all that. Y'all had a whole yes, we thing had, up. We had a ministerial staff. Um, as well. So, yeah, so we we pretty much we were a full fledged ministry. Um, we had a lot of uh, young, youthful um, activities where you can get into step team, you can get into dance um, right there at the church. We were we, we were hitting the needs of the people. We were reaching people where they were and we were allowing them to express their God given talents um, without restriction. But what y'all move for? 
Y'all probably had to re- y'all had y'all, your roots deep, right? So what y'all move? Oh yeah, so and that's what people were like, "What are you doing?" But that's the reason why I said it's so important for you to be led by God because some people, you know, are sent and some people, you know, just went. And in our case, we were sent, and there was a, a there was a population of people here in Tennessee that we were supposed to reach and we're reaching those people. And it's hard to explain, you know, when people, when you're doing well, and I heard um, T.D. Jakes mention this one time when he was a choir director, and he said, when you're doing well and what you do, it's hard for people to see you outside of that role. Mm. And when you're doing well as a pastor, you're reaching people, you're impacting people, making your mark on the city, it's hard for people to see you outside of continuing to do that. And they try to box you into only having one purpose. God is so vast and infinite. We have many purposes. But if you limit yourself to just one purpose and just one box, then you really um, limit yourself to what God can do through you. So I knew that it was more that God wanted me to do outside of pastoring. And I knew that God was using me in different capacities and it has been a wonderful journey. I, I've done things now that I would not have ever done when I was back in Michigan. So it's great. So, so my thing is, what, what, what did, how did you come to the idea of thinking, man, I'm going to go into ministry and I'm actually going to be in front and I'm going to be a pastor? What's your story? What's your testimony? Hey, 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 this is your host, Troy Smith. I hope you enjoyed the episodes thus far. I want you to do me a favor, though. Head over to NottyLounge.com, N-O-T-I-L-O-U-N-G-E.com. Scroll to the bottom, hit that connect button. Let's make sure you and I are connected. Let's make sure we can keep this thing going. Tell a friend, tell a family member. Come and join us on our virtual comfy couch at the Naughty Lounge. Now let's get back to the show. You know what? Um, I, I don't, have a, you being I, no girl I don't have a full elaborate, you know, testimony where some people say, oh, well, I, you know, I heard and I just, you know, in my case, I came from a lineage of pastors. Mm. So I was born into the ministry, um, I would say, because my grandparents were pastors. My parents are ministers. So I was kind of born into it. But when the opportunity in my church that I grew up in the opportunity came where a pastor was needed and God called me to step into the role. The board unanimously was like, yes, yes, yes. You know, so it was, it was pretty much, it was a timing. It was a God thing where a shepherd was needed and a shepherd was, was born burst at the same time. Mm-hmm. But, my, but you say your family, uh, you know, you come from a lineage of pastors. Were they all male pastors though? Were, were they all in, my, in the lineage? Yeah. No, they were both. And see, that's the difference between, um, I guess, the North and the South, because in the North, it's very common for you to have male pastors and female pastors. Um, Joyce Meyer, you know, everyone kind of knows her. She was called her husband. Is he any less? No, absolutely not. But she was called to do what she does. And the results and the fruit of it speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. And there's so many pastors in Detroit um, that are female. So um, it's not a gender thing for many churches in the north. It's a God thing. So mm-hmm. God can choose whom he will, whether he choose a male or a female or a child. It doesn't matter. So mm-hmm. I know there's distinctions here because we were met with resistance when we first came to um, the South. 
But once people see the results, you can't argue with the results. You can't argue when you're healed. You can't argue when your life has changed. You can't argue with the results. So it's almost like God will show you, I can do a lot more than you think, no matter what gender, race, ethnicity, I can do it. And that's, can that's who God, God can is. do it. But yeah. so but my thought is this though. So, you know, so whenever we get to the racial stuff, right? So you got a female coming from the north trying to be somebody's pastor down in the south, but you probably got more pushback, I would think, from the black church. Uh, Vinny, I mean, I don't know what your main audience would be, which we're gonna find out. But I mean, so you got you got you and your your husband come down. You have mm-hmm. the, you, know, you might have pushback from what from the white side of things, but in the black church ain't gonna have no women pastors in the south. In the south, did you, did you face that? Did you face that type of stuff? Well, because we didn't come down here to be pastors. Oh, okay. There we so go. We so didn't, yeah, okay. so we didn't have to, to do that part of it. When we came down here, we came down to serve and to offer what we know to edify the churches that were already here. So sometimes God has sent strength to a church. And what's ironic is that when we came here and a church that we were attending, we found other people who were pastors in other states that were doing the same thing. So we knew it was a God thing. So it was like, yeah, God is sending some, some, some strong shepherds to different places. Mm. And no one really knew that we were shepherds and we wanted it to be that way. We wanted it to be a God thing. We wanted it to be special so that they can see what God can do. We didn't want them to be focused on, oh, well, it happened because they were pastors already. You know, we didn't want that. You want to come we just wanted to be everyday people and just be led by God. And be low-key with it. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, because I've known you probably been doing of business stuff. I wouldn't have thought you were even doing ministry until you was telling me about it. Then I seen your profile picture with the Bible looking like a, you know, a little shepherd of, you know, <laughs> old school pastor with a little Bible up looking in the sky. I said, Oh, she actually really is in the ministry for real. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know that because when you start thinking about the stuff you do holistically as a person, yeah. you know, then we get yeah. into that meditation stuff, you know, yeah. how, how important it is, how to rest your mind. Now, Bible, biblically, it talks about that. You yes, know, being you know being a piece of things, having your inside, but like when we have your inside in composure, having actually dominion over your body and everything else around you, but yeah. you actually take that literally. You know what I'm saying? And you actually believe mm-hmm. that to be the case. So like when we doing your class and the meditation, you're like yeah. quiet your quiet your heart, slow down, you breathe in and slow your body. I mean, it's like you actually talking to these things internally. Like you need to calm down a little bit, relax, relax, <laughs> and breathe. And you know you do all that. I'm thinking, hold so. You can really be into the meditation thing and be Christian at the same time. Absolutely. Because meditation, yes. I don't want to go into the spiritual realm of talking about that because, hey, I don't need to be all that quiet now. I mean, you know, it might be some type of other thing going on. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you asked that question because so many Christians come to my meditation sessions, but they're coming like incognito, which is so funny. Um, But meditation has nothing to do with religion and that's what a lot of people don't know because there's so many myths about meditation like you mentioned the bible does talk about you meditate meditate on the word day and night and if you break down the word of what meditate means it means to be quiet and to be still from a mental and a physical standpoint so people read over the scripture they say okay meditate but they don't literally do exactly what it's saying so when you meditate that means that you need to bring your thoughts down to a focus positive 
um, space. And the only way you can do that is to learn how to quiet your mind. When you practice meditation, it helps you to learn how to quiet your mind. And so many people suffer with anxiety. They suffer with panic attacks because they they don't know you can actually command and quiet your mind. We have that power. And what I do is I help people to tap into your own power to quiet your mind. Because once it's quiet, that's where the creativity and the ideas just begin to flow. And you begin to just thrive. I mean, just incredibly because your mind is in check. Mm-hmm. And we have to, you can't just let your mind just go willy nilly, just allow negative thoughts to just run rampant. What you do when you quiet your mind, you disconnect that continuous flow of external chatter and negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. And that's a benefit to anyone, no matter what your religion. Right, because right now, I'm telling you what, I'm quieting my mind and everything else around me a lot because of what's going on socially. Uh, you, you can't be quiet too long. Though. I mean, that's nothing. I'm going to ask you this, Ralph. Let me ask you this. I know you, <laughs> but everybody praying right now, right? Everybody mm-hmm. praying, everybody doing a lot of things with the pandemic going on, people getting sick, people being, why do you think we continuously still dealing with a lot of stuff that's going on right now? I mean, you, we still talk about the same situation when hate, a lot of hate stuff that's happening right now typically come from people that say they, they Christians. Yeah. I mean, like, like, you know, it's like, what's God are we serving? Are you serving the white one or the black one? I mean, is he the, is the Jewish dude over here? I mean, are you the right Jew? Or you not the right, you know, which Jew is the which Jew? All type of stuff when you come down to battling, and it's like God can't come back no time soon when he say we where he coming back for you know for a church, a perfect church. We far from that. You know, with all that's going on, how are you dealing with it? You know, no one's everybody wants the answers, right? Everybody wanna know what we can do to get better. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times a lot like you know, you look at this party more Christian related. Say su- supposed to be Christian late related. This party over here may not be supposedly. When it's people in the middle ground, it's like, hey, I just want to do the right thing and be right. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of quiet in your spirit and everything else going around you where you don't want to get, you know, overwhelmed. How do you stop from being overwhelmed? How do you help other people not be overwhelmed? Does that make sense? Well, yeah. The one thing that I would uh, encourage people to do is in order to change your world, you have to change your yourself. You have to change the way you look at life and the, your perspective. And I want to share with you, Troy, there's a book that I I just happened to be in Barnes and Noble and it was a book called Black Fortunes. And it showed all of the black millionaires during the time where there was the most um, racist time, the 50s, the 60s, even back to the 40s. And those people were living at a level where they weren't even touched by all of the things that was happening in the world. And it inspired me because I said, wait a second, what are they doing where they're in the same era as Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, and they're living a totally different reality than what their brothers and sisters were experiencing at the time. And when I began to dig in deep, it all had to do with their state of mind, which is what Jesus talked about is transforming their mind. They transform their mind to where they begin to believe in themselves instead of believing in the system. They believe in what they were doing and it helped them to rise above this level, this cloud of negativity. I'm going to tell you, which I share with people, um, negativity is not going away. Because as long as you're on a planet with other people, you're never going to get rid of it. But what you can do is transcend it. 
and you can live above it and you can make a difference in the area that you are. And see, that's what I would encourage people is continue to be a light where you are. And if each of us just be a light just where we are, we're going to illuminate the whole room and the whole place. But what people forget to do is they stop being a light. They stop being a voice. They stop being you know, that that encouraging positive message, they stop being that living epistle and they get angry and they start to, you know, go after causes when sometimes you have to be the change that you want to see. And if enough of us be the change that we want to see, it has no choice but the change. And that's what the word says. Once you decree it and declare it and live it, it has to change whether it wants to or not. Whether it wants to or not, but people still doing what they do. Yeah, they gonna and they will continue even when we're gone to do what they do. But you can decide how you're gonna live while they do what they do, and you can decide if you're gonna be impacted by what they do. So that's the difference, and that's why so many people who you look at Tyler Perry, he was impacted by things, but guess what? He's the newest billionaire, so he's living above this whole cloud. Even in the midst of it, he can still have a wonderful life and be a light. But oftentimes, though, when you and I or black people try to live above or above the cloud, you might be pulled down to say, but you don't care. How you deal with that? You know, well, I, so you how do you deal is, with the fact of somebody saying that, hey, you know, you're trying to give the folks a pass. You're giving folks a pass. You know, you got to be setting up for what's going on. You don't care about what's going on. How you deal with that? Do you ever deal with that possibly? Well, what you have to do is you have to bring them up. You have to bring them up. So you can't go down, you know, through the cloud. You have to bring people through the cloud and let them see the view up here. Because that's the great thing about an airplane. You can you can see all the chaos on the ground, but as soon as you get in the airplane and you see the view up here at a higher altitude, it, it puts things in perspective. We have to bring people up in their thinking. We have to bring people up in their accountability and responsibility. We have to bring people up in the conversations that they have and the interactions that they have. So, no, they're not getting a pass, but sometimes we have to educate each other and look at each other as brothers and sisters. If there's an area that my brother is falling short, I have a responsibility to help my brother, not to hate him, but to help him. And if you bring people up to that level of thinking and consciousness and how they treat each other as brothers and sisters, it's going to make the difference. Because, you know, you know, when they said, I think you said one time, somebody came to you and said, well, you sure do how to act around white people. Is this what, is that what, and then you said white lady said that to you? Yeah, I did have, so, I mean, did have, so yes, I did have a woman, she was Caucasian, she had said to me, she was like, you know, you're very comfortable around white people, and I told her, I said, well, actually, I said, that's because I look at race as a something that helps to categorize and divide, but I don't look at race to determine the content of my relationship with you. I said, so I'm comfortable with all people no matter what your skin color. But she was amazed at just the comfortability because I treated her as if she was one of my own. She saw that we were different, but I didn't see that we were different. I saw oh, yeah. that she was Caucasian, but I didn't see her as being any different from the life that's within me. My life is her life. So do you see yourself to be one of those colorblind folks? I wouldn't say colorblind because we can all see color. I would say that I don't use that as a determining factor yeah. to see how our relationship is going to be. 
I'll allow our relationship to be what it is in, in spite of what color we are. Right. So how have you been able to deal with personally, yourself personally? Because you have children. Yes. I, 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 have, you have, male, I have three sons. Yes. Yeah. And they're how old are they? What's the ages? What's the oldest? Yeah. So the oldest is uh, 27. Mm-hmm. And then I have a 20 year old and then I have a 16 year old son. Um, I also have two daughters, one a teenager, one in um, middle school. And we have had to have that same conversation because I wanted them to be aware that when you go out into the world, people will look at you based on these categories, that you're African-American, that you're a female or male. I said, this is the world system. It's automatically going to categorize you into a box. But you can choose not to be in any of those boxes that society have already prepared for you. And I taught them that at a young age, that the box might be there, but you don't have to live in it. Yeah, so I have folks, I try to encourage folks with that idea too, because it's really like, you. May, it's something I say about you can have, the, you can't stop the birds from flying. Exactly. You can stop them from nesting. Yes. And what happened is, is that, you know, you, like you mentioned, you got to be the change yourself. If you yes. can change the environment around you, it has no other idea, no other opportunity but to change unless it's going to stay the same, you know. Yes. Uh, and, and I think we're right, what's going on right now, because I was talking to my wife about this the other day. I was like, yeah, with all these churches going on, all these churches, there's a church, especially in the South, church on every corner, literally every corner. Every corner. And everyone still sees things differently. Mm-hmm. They have their own ideology about this is what I this is what I think happened. So they they because the Bible in itself seems like it's a book that can be translated in so many different ways depending on how you depend on how you look at it. Yes, because yes. you know you got the people you, you don't want to be you can't judge no one because you're going to be judged yourself. And then when you start to judge, you start noticing oh I do the same thing. So this is going to be kind of hard to judge that, right? So then, mm-hmm. you, and then you got other, you know, um, you can't really be mad about this person, about this, or be mad at that person about that. Then you start realizing, man, I really ain't got nothing to say, but sit down somewhere. <laughs> you, exactly. you ain't got nothing to say, but just to sit down and be like, hey, I, I ain't got nothing to say besides, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I don't know. I know. But you know what? I think the thing that um, we have to keep in mind is that everybody is on a different level of consciousness or a different level of thinking. And where we mess up is we expect everybody to think the way we do because everyone's culture is in their faith in some degree. So that's why you have this church might have, you know, music this way. This church might have totally different music because we enter our culture and our own personal preferences into our services. So, yeah, there's always going to be some difference there. But we have to remember that um, some people don't have your experiences, so they're not going to love the same way you do. Some people haven't had your heart breaks or your heartaches, so they're not going to love the way that you do. Some people have been in a place of anger for a long time. So so when they read the scripture, it's going to mean something totally different. And if you understand that and say, you know what, everybody is is doing life based on how they've been um, influenced, then it helps you to have more compassion for people instead mm-hmm. of judging them. Yeah. No, I, I, it- when it comes down to it, you're right. But in the day's time, it's kind of hard not to be judgmental. I, I know it's hard, but somebody has to do it. Because if you're never... Somebody, gotta be what? somebody, gotta be someone has to be that bridge. Someone Maybe has bridge. to be the bridge. Okay, okay. Yeah, because there's always going to be opposition 
because everyone have different life experiences, but some people have to be the bridge between the two to say, you know what? Enough is enough. We need to start doing things a different way. And someone has to be the calm. Someone has to be able to love both sides in order to bring them together. You can't hate one side and want peace. You have to love both sides in order to have peace. So my, my last question would be this. I want to ask you this. I've been wanting to always know from a uh, theological standpoint, because, you know, folks get really touchy when they come down to, to this question I'm going to ask you. Okay. Real touchy. Yeah, they controversial touchy. question. They're like, they like, man, I don't know about all that, man. And, you know, and I, and I ask some pastors about this stuff, too, and I ask them. Let me ask you something. Do you believe, this is why I ask them, do you believe that you are God or have a tendencies, tendencies of God-like characteristics in you? Because so I, that's, your, I, that's, that's my, your question. That's, okay. that's the question because people, they get nervous. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. No, I ain't, I'm here and God, no, I'm not saying, you know, that's not a Lord of all Lords, a King of all Kings. I'm, I'm talking about the fact that, that you have that ability in you. So when I hear people that say things like, you know, like, you know, back in the day when Joe, when um, your boy Jay-Z mentioned that he was Hover, you know, he's the God of rap or something like, you know, he's, he sees himself as a, and I think as a creator, you know, he can do these things. That's yeah. what I'm thinking he's talking about. Yeah. But when you talk to people on that sense, because I believe if the Bible states you have God-like tendencies in you, making he make them, let's make man in our image. Right, right. Let's make, him, let's make man our image. So that means he's, I'm an offspring of that. You know, I'm an offspring yes. Of what God is, I'm an offspring of what that is. So I'm a, like my son, my son, my daughter, especially my son, be like, "Hey, that's my daddy." Whatever, yeah. I'm, an, I'm an ambassador of the Troy Smith tribe. We call it that's the right. tribe. We're ambassadors, so he got the same abilities that I would have. Do you believe the same way? I do. I mean, if if birds give birth to birds, fish give fish give birth to fish, animals give birth to animals. What does a God give birth to? It can only give birth. I would think to, so. Yeah, it can only give birth to what it you know it already is. So that's the part where what's that? Interesting. I gave you a hand clap on the interesting. You said. Oh, well, I'm just saying, just to make it simplistic for those who are listening, it's like you know, if all in the beginning was God, then, then who who else was there except that God would have to use a part of itself. You know, him with, I don't even like to put gender. I say a part of God's self so that everything can be created. So, yes, I am an extension of that original creation. Yes, you are an extension of that original creation, which means all of the power and the ability to decree and to have dominion is in me. It's resonant within me. But I have to learn and have to be trained on how to access that power and use it in a productive way. So yes, we are extensions of God. Yes, Jesus hit it right on the nail when he said, my father and I are one. He was giving us the blueprint of a sonship, which means that you and God are one. And that's the part that a lot of people sometimes miss because they don't want to put themselves on that pedestal like, oh my gosh, if, if, if I'm one with God, then that means I have to act better and do better. And yes, it means that when God created humanity, you are the offspring of that original creation, which means that God's DNA is all over you. And yes, you are part of the lineage. So I mean, but that's good, that's good to know. I'm not by myself. When I think, cause if I got, the, if I got the ability to create and we're all here yes. to create, we're all creators and, yes. and I can make a human 
Yes. My wife and I can make a baby. Yes. And make a human. I would think, you know, there's some tendencies there that, hey, I'm like my father. My father and I are one. And all that stuff. Yeah. Compared to, nah, man, I don't know about all that, brother. You Because know, <laughs> people start getting touchy about that stuff. You know, and they start getting afraid about the fact yes. that they got power and dominion. That's where the meditation comes in at. Yes. The only yeah. way you're going to be able to learn that stuff and be able to meditate and get one. Yeah. You know, really quiet yourself and, and do those things, right? And then that's what, and people don't know that when you pray, prayer is the highest form of meditation. And when you pray, what it does is it, it quiets the mind for you. And that's what you're doing. And if people can equate that, man, prayer and meditation really is what the Bible talks about. You're quieting the mind and you're directing it towards good. You're directing it towards the power that can change your situation. And that's what meditation does. And I invite everyone to meditate, which is basically sitting still, breathing, and monitoring what's going on in your mind. Because a lot of times we need to sit down and think, how much negative activity is going through my mind? And then you can't really help yourself unless you examine yourself. And you have to examine your own heart, which is your mind, in, in symbol. So that's what you want to start to do on a daily basis. Even if it's 15 minutes, sit still and just be one with yourself just for that moment. Well, but the good thing is it don't always mean you got to be talking, though. No. You mean sometimes prayer can just mean you just need, I mean, or your meditation, you need to be quiet. <laughs> really yeah. don't say nothing. But then, then you start realizing, like you said, what's going through your mind. You know, do I need yeah. to turn the AC down? I need to turn the AC up. I do get past all of those beginning stages of stuff, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, who calling me? Let me check my phone right quick, whatever. Then you start yeah. really getting to that point of where you can be quiet. But, but like I said, people typically are afraid to yeah. really tap into that because they think it's a taboo thing. Like if I'm Christian, I ain't supposed to be doing those type of things. You know, that's that's more of a Buddhist type thing. They go sit there and sit in the down, be quiet and get yeah. in front with yourself when that's really yeah. for everybody. And and the, the what I share with people too, Troy, is whether you want to meditate or not, meditation is is still here. It's kind of like a power, like whether you choose to use that power or not, God still made that power available. So you have an option. You can tap in or you can not tap in. And I'm going to give everyone the opportunity to tap in. But it's okay. our choice. Well, that's what we're going to So right quick, tell us about where did you come up with the name Genesis and then give us an opportunity to tap in to be able to go to one of your classes and be able to relax with you. Yes. Yeah, so Genesis Life Center, um, Genesis, most people associate with the beginning. Of course, you think about the Bible. The reason why the spelling is G-E-N-Y-S-U-S is because that's considered in the beginning was God and us. And that's why we call it Genesis. And everything begins with us. So we are that new beginning um, of society, of thinking, of um, transforming our lives is up to us. Um, secondly, um, we have a free meditation every month. It's called uh, Mindfulness Community, Community Meditation right here in Hendersonville, Tennessee. If you can't join us in person, we have a Zoom link where you can, you know, come on in. The total session is 45 minutes. We do 15 minutes of breathing exercises to help you to calm your thoughts, calm your nerves, and also to um, enrich your blood flow because, some people they don't know, and I'm just going to run through this really quick, Troy, is that um, 
Meditation actually boosts the nervous system. It also helps you to break addictions. It, it boosts your willpower. It uh, lowers your blood pressure automatically. It causes the gray matter in your brain to enlarge, which means you become smarter, you become faster, and you become more creative. So when you're doing the breathing exercises, you're cleansing the blood, but you're also boosting your nervous system. By the time you sit down with me and you're relaxed, we do positive affirmations that's geared towards love, happiness, and success. And I will speak those affirmations, and you can speak those affirmations over your own life when you go home. But it is this Saturday is our um, upcoming one, September the 12th. We also have weekly meditations as well if you want to get more consistent in your practice. And you will see me at all the meditation sessions as much as I can. I mean, so now you get to another. I got before we go out here real quick because you got to eat your lunch. But you about this. The thing about words, though, how important are words that you say? Because, like, oh, that's great. I mean, how important are words that you say? You know what? First of all, um, for everybody who's listening, your words have so much power. Um, Every cell in your body. is is commanded by the words that you speak and the thoughts that you're thinking. So when you speak words, they have power. Power is actually contained in a word, uh, creative power, transformative power. So when you're speaking negatively about yourself by saying, I am so tired, you actually can create that in your own body. I always share with people, never say I am above anything that you don't want in your life. Say, I feel tired. I feel upset, but never say I am because that's a decree to for your body to do exactly what you're commanding it to do. So yes, words have power and your body, every cell in your body has memory and is intuitive and it's connected to your nervous system, and it will obey what you're saying. Mm. See, mm-hmm. why can't? How can you be negative around Toya with all that positivity going on? You talking, telling yourself something. You must tell yourself a lot of stuff, you know, in a good, positive way. But I want to make sure that I want the people to hear your thoughts, your ideas in regards to Genesis, because it's funny that when people get into business, or I'm, I'm switching it right quick. When people get into business. And they become successful. You see successful business owners. They yes, got those yes. little quiet rooms with a rug, but they're yes. always doing something other than Christianity when they talk about meditating. You know, yes. and they always, and, or they, or they may say they may be a Christian, uh, or they may not be Christian, but they read Proverbs all the time. That shows words are important. Yes. But, but they're always in the room with that quiet. That shows how important meditation may be. You mentioned, I yeah. didn't know they help your blood flow. It helps your, your your heart rate, it helps all that type of stuff. I know it lower you. That's holistic type medicine right there for your body to heal itself. Yes. And it also reverses the aging process. So you will find that people who meditate consistently, it's almost like they, they don't age. And like with me, I'm knocking on fifty. Most people don't know knocking that because yes, and I, I don't I don't age as much because That's meditation is right. It slows. No, it have nothing to do with ethnicity. No, but this is the thing, though, Troy. Okay. Um, you know, with Stephen Jobs, he went over to India to learn how to meditate, 
And he came back from India after being there for six months, I believe that he spent, don't quote me on it, came back to the U.S. and he founded Apple. And he said that he had the most magnificent ideas came to him in his meditation. And he would, he used to share that with his executive board, the importance of meditation. So yes, you're absolutely right. But they, but but they always go towards that's a whole nother that's a whole nother series right there going towards the fact that you well, know he had, I know but the whole point is some of the best um, meditation um, places were in India so he was connected to some of those yeah because it wasn't uh, popular for an executive to be meditating at that time which so he went but they mm-hmm. always got the beads on they maybe being they went to a a, a monk. You know, seminary thing, or whatever. You know, they always go somewhere and do those type of things. But sometimes it's just important that we all just do it, no matter what religion yeah. you, you just freaking meditate. And 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 that's how we have to be, Troy. Is we have to stop looking at okay, well, this is what those people do. We have to look at if something is working well and it's not harmful to you or your or your brother or your sister then use it. You know, to me, it's like we get so deep about stuff that's just so silly. You know, it's like if something works for you, Troy, in your culture, I'm going to adopt it in mine. You know, if something works in your religion, I'm going to adopt it in mine because I'm going to use what's working because everything that's good comes from God anyway. So I think that we have to stop associating things with certain, you know, people or places or things. Yeah, yeah, you're doing ministry a whole different way. Like you said, the fact that you're freely saying that you can take a, you know, utilize different pieces. Yes. From different things is a whole different aspect compared to the traditional ministry type thing. Yes. If it ain't ain't the Bible, I don't want to hear it. Well, you know, if it ain't Christian, I ain't trying to hear it. You know what I'm saying? So you just start knocking everything else. Like God is not around, I think. He's saying that God is not in everything. Yeah, uh, and that's a whole other su- subject too. We're not saying that's a whole other subject in itself. But man, look, thank you, Toya Brown. Thank you. You, know, you opened up some doors in the conversation. Yes, you know, in, in regards to business and the importance of uh, importance of actually doing things properly and actually changing your own atmosphere, mm-hmm. your own space compared to trying to change everybody else. Yeah, I, I think it's a whole other thing too. Christ didn't come. To be every be that to every person. He, to every, he, yeah. he he came to handle his situation, his areas, and then what you do is make ambassadors, right? You make yeah. ambassadors to go out and do those things, speak. They has an authority to do the same thing to reach the other place you couldn't reach. That's like in business. <laughs> business, you cannot be all to all people, but you can have people there that represents those different aspects of parts of life that you can go out and be an ambassador of your brand. So that's a whole nother thing, man. But thank you so much for opening those conversations. Yeah, and I hope it continues. Thanks, Troy, for just providing a platform where people can actually talk about just a variety of things and how it relates to their faith and their belief. Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, look, y'all, look, remember this now. Remember the true <laughs> outcome of having a mind. No, you know, before we go, Pastor, I know you don't, you know, you you like, nah. But is there anything that you want to say, leave people with? What would you want to inspire people with right now before we leave out? to inspire people as you can do what you want to do you can go as high as you want to go you just have to believe in yourself 
And you just need the tools in order to get there. And don't ever let anybody limit you because where you come from is unlimited, unlimited power. And you are that. So just go as far as you can go, go as high as you can go. And just know that God wants to see you at that level. In the airplane level. Yes. At a higher altitude. Higher altitude. Remember the trail coming, having a mindset. A successful thinker is having an unwavering expectation of successfully achieving a predetermined goal, knowing that the outcome yes. is supposed to happen. The two most important currencies in life are time and relationships. Time you got to invest wisely because you can't get it back. Relationships get you places that money can't buy. Remember that. Appreciate y'all actually taking the time to listen to Night Lounge and listen to Miss Toya Brown. Genesis Life Center. They got mm-hmm. something coming up this Saturday. We're going to post something in the, in, the, in the comments for you. She can do that. All right. Appreciate y'all. Hey, before you head out, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Do me a favor. Be sure to hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're hearing the show on today. Until next time, I'll see you at the Naughty Lounge.